Jesus and his disciples sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Something has to be done. It's getting to be a problem. He's not just impacting his own life anymore. He's starting to impact the life of those around him. He's not the same person when he's drunk. We need to do something. What are you going to do? You've tried to talk to him one-on-one before, but it doesn't work. You, you need something better. It's time for an intervention. If he doesn't listen to one person, maybe he'll listen to five people in the same room saying the same thing. Maybe then he'll hear the concern and the love in their voices. One of the main goals in the sport of hockey is to not commit penalties or not get caught committing penalties because if you do, then you have to spend time in the penalty box. And it's not just the time in the penalty box that you don't want, it's the shorthanded nature of what happens with your team because the other team gets to skate with their full six players and now you're stuck with five. And if someone's already in the penalty box from your team and then you get a penalty, now your team only has four Skating against six, it's going to be nearly impossible. The odds of the other team scoring a goal go through the roof. There's just not enough players on the ice to guard all the offensive players, to cut off all the angles. There's power in numbers. That's why that particular scenario is called a power play. The strong man from down the street has 
become quite a bit stronger as of late. I don't know if you noticed. Maybe you noticed he hasn't even really been living down the street any, anymore. I wonder if he went on roid rage and trashed his house because now he's living down by the tombs and he's been acting pretty weird, streaking through the cemetery, terrorizing the people who, who are walking past. It's getting to be a problem. It's getting to be a danger. Some of our townspeople even went and, and got him bound hands and feet with iron chains. But that wasn't enough. He broke through those like they were paper. I wonder what's going on. At least I did until I heard recently that he's possessed by a demon. And not by one demon, by many demons. Someone asked him who his name was and he said legion. And you know what a legion is it's a troop of 6,000 Roman soldiers. If that man has 6,000 demons living inside of him, well, that would certainly explain his behavior. People are right when they say there's power in numbers. Could you imagine what it must have been like to live in that region? To have that be your reality? Can you imagine the murmurs and the whispers that must have been going around? Do you know where he is? He's getting close. I, I hope he stays out of our town. Can you imagine the fear of a guy like that walking into your town, walking into your yard, walking into your house, and what are you going to do? You're not going to want to stand toe-to-toe with a man like that for a number of reasons. His strength, which will certainly overpower yours, is one of the leading ones. What are you going to do against a man who can break an iron chain? Do you ever feel like the problems in your life are, are kind of like that? They're, they're lingering out there, but you know that someday, maybe someday soon, they're going to come home to roost. Do you ever feel like you're, you're just hanging on and who knows? What if those problems, those problems that I'm not strong enough to face end up coming my way? Are you strong enough? To face the responsibilities that your vocation requires? Are you strong enough to live up to the expectations of your loved ones? Are, are you strong enough to face the, the hardships that may come? Or maybe it's the scenario that the strong man in the story really faced. Are you strong enough to go toe-to-toe with the devil? Are you strong enough to look him in the eye and make him blink? Are you strong enough that the devil will cower in the corner in fear after encountering you? Are you strong enough to withstand his temptation? Are you strong enough to undo the havoc that he's wreaked in your life? Do you have enough might? Do you have enough power? Do you have enough strength? The sad reality is we don't. We don't have enough power to resist the temptations of the devil. Just take one day in your life as the example. Choose the best day. And you'll still see you haven't mustered the strength to withstand the devil and his power. It's a sad reality that we can't withstand his temptations. We can't outwit the father of lies. 
Even when we see his temptations coming, we aren't strong enough to stand up against them. We can't put down the sinful nature that dwells within us. We don't have control over our lives. And as sad as it sounds, as scary as it sounds to to admit, it's really the devil who controls us. It's really him who is our master. Jesus says the same in John chapter 8. He says, Very truly I tell you, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. Who's wearing chains now? But unlike the strong man in the story who could burst those chains like paper, you and I are wearing chains that with all our strength and with all our might we can't possibly break, not even with the help of others. Bound in sin and doomed to death. And it's at that very moment when we feel and when we are the most powerless that we can rejoice in what the strong man came to learn and anyone in the towns that was paying attention what they came to learn. We can rejoice, we can celebrate the fact that the power is not always in the numbers. That strong man and the, the demons inside him certainly had some power. Their number was legion. The devil was strong enough to control the man, but he will never be strong enough to control the God-man. He was strong enough to influence him and guide him in places he didn't want to go, but when he came toe-to-toe with the devil, when he came toe-to-toe with Jesus, it was the devil that blinked. You can see how the demons cower in fear. You can see how they tremble at just the words of Jesus. You can see how they grovel and they beg because they knew the truth. They knew that the power wasn't with them. It wasn't in their numbers. They knew that the power was with the one. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. They knew the truth. They knew that their strength couldn't hold a candle to the strength of the Almighty God, the Creator of the world. They knew if they got into the ring with Jesus, they'd be knocked out in the first round. They knew that the power was with the one. Power is in the one who lives in heaven but came down to earth to take on human flesh for you and me. The power is in the one who is willing to set his power aside so that he could be our humble substitute and savior. The power is in the one who put himself under God's law. Though he was the one who by very definition was above the law, he put himself under the law so that he could live that life for us. The power is in the one who resisted temptation, who went toe-to-toe with the devil and won. The power is in the one who resisted that temptation, not just three times in the desert, but for 33 years he lived a perfect life because it was the life that you and I needed to be saved. The power is in the one who spoke to wind and waves and they came into submission. The power is in the one who reversed the course of sickness and disease. The power is in the one who undid death. 
The power is in the one who willingly subjected himself to the power and wrath of God, who willingly stood in the place of sinners, who willingly shed his blood so that we could be forgiven, because with his shed blood could the power of the devil, could the might of death, could the sting of sin be undone. The power is in the one who kept his promise and gave his life so that we could live. The power is in the one who laid down his life as the ransom for many. The power is in the one who rose in victory over death on Easter Day. The power is in the one who shines forth in resurrection glory. Power is not in the many. The power is in the one. Our sins are many, but the power is in the one. Jesus came not just to show his power, not just to flex his muscles, not just to prove himself right and then to take his spot back on his throne. Jesus came to display his power and to put his power in action for you and for me. He came to win the victories we never could win. He came to fight the fights that certainly would have destroyed us. He came to use his power to save, to rescue and to give us peace. Jesus came to work healing and help and hope for the strong man. And that's precisely what he did. I read to you a passage before from John chapter 8, but I didn't read you the whole passage. Here's the whole passage. Jesus replied, very truly, I I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The strong man was set free by the powerful one, and he was free indeed. Jesus set him free from his real chains, not the ones of iron, But from the devil and his control, Jesus set him free by driving those demons far away from him. And when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus has set us free from our sins, from that which plagues us, from the guilt, from our own weakness. Jesus sets us free, and if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. We're free indeed because Jesus is the one who has power. Jesus is the one who has the power and is willing to use the power to work salvation on our behalf. A modern songwriter wrote some of these beautiful truths into the lyrics of a song he wrote recently. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, his mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. The powerful one powerfully freed the strong man. Yes, as an act of compassion and mercy. Yes, to show him the love that he has for individuals. But it was more than that. Jesus had a job for that man to do. Jesus sent him on a mission. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell 
how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. He couldn't keep it to himself. Freedom. He had control back. Better than that, he now lived under the control of the Mighty One. He lived under the control of a holy and a loving and a perfect and a gracious God. Jesus restored his life and gave him the hope of everlasting life. How could he keep that to himself? He sought to share it. But Jesus sent him on a mission. He said, return home. He doesn't put him on a boat and send him to a foreign country. He doesn't say, here's the 12 days journey that you need to take and then you'll find a group of people there that you can tell. No, he says, return home. You already know people who need to hear this message. You already love people who need to know that the power is not in the many, but the power is in the one. Go tell them. Go tell them what I've done. They'll see the change in your life. They'll see the power just in the fact that you are here and walking around and clothed and in your right mind. Return home and tell them the good things that Jesus has done. And that's what he did. My friends, that's our mission too. If you want to go on a foreign mission trip, God bless you. Good for you and and what a wonderful thing and if God puts you in a situation where you can do that. But that doesn't need to be the only mission work that you can do. Go. Return home. Return home and tell the people there what God has done. There are people in your home in your school, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, who know you and love you, but they don't know about the power of Jesus. They don't know that the power is not in the many, but the power is in the one. You can tell them. You can be a missionary right where you are. Right with the people that you know. Right with the people that you love. Share, them the, share with them the news of the one who loved you enough to give his life. It's a simple mission, but does it sound daunting? Are you feeling like maybe you're not up for this return home and tell the good things that God has done for you mission? Maybe so. Be in the Word. Be in the Word because there is the source of strength for your life and for your mission. Be in the Word and be reminded of the heavy chains that Christ Jesus broke for you the heavy chains that he was willing to wear on your behalf. Be in the word and remember the great debt that he was willing to pay. Remember the mercy that he showed that you were powerless to save yourselves and he stepped in with power and with love to give you a peace that is beyond all understanding. Remember what he's done for you. Preach to yourself first and then let your heart overflow with joy. Then seek the ways that you can show thanks and praise to God for what he's done. Still not enough? Pray. Pray for boldness. Pray for the opportunities. Pray for the doors and the windows of opportunity to open. God loves to answer that prayer. God loves to bring people into contact with his children. And he loves to give them the opportunities to share his love. There's certainly people in your life who need to know about Jesus. 
Pray for boldness to speak. Pray for opportunities to act. Then God will answer, and through you, many more might know what you already know. Many more might have the peace that you have in the knowledge of knowing that the power is not always in the numbers. With Jesus, the power is in the one. Amen. Amen.